She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. And I think now it's like recognizing, ah, that pattern, that that program's still running. Yeah. And I didn't actually get away from it. Yeah. Like, I'm recreating it. And that's actually how I realize it's mine and not, like, you know, my bosses or yeah. something else. Like, oh, wait, they're not here anymore. And I'm this still, is doing still doing it. This is still happening. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? joy that you get from like watching me at the farmer's market like picking the food and just like kind of like talking to the zucchinis and whatever I do at the farmer's market talking to the excel sheets Uh, yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) I also think like going back to what you were to what we were talking about earlier with those patterns I think like we all had that feeling like it's about to pop and I think that what popped was a lot of our patterns (laughs) well hello beautiful people and welcome to a brand new episode of the far out podcast welcome it's great to have you here today 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 (laughs) tell tell us (laughs) We start uh, by reflecting a little bit on moving to a bi-monthly schedule. Is that right? Twice a month. Yeah. uh, With the podcast. And then we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is uh, we both got jobs. Yeah. Going Um, back to doing things we uh, are good at. I think you'll you'll see they still fall in the far out category. Uh, But uh, we talk about the journey back to employment and... And the fun of it. Yeah, and some of the surprising things about it and are kind of a greater reflection on work yeah. and uh, jobs and self-employment, being an entrepreneur, all that stuff. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Aloha, far out people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Hey. I'm laughing because it's like just seeing Alistair's idea of a joke and then just like... (laughs) Yeah, I I had to pull it together to to say that one. Konnichiwa. Whatever. (laughs) I think that's high. It might be. Anyway, welcome to the Fire Out Podcast. Yeah, hi. If you haven't been here before, um, you're probably not still here, so it doesn't matter. No. No, people are still here. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you. We never say that, but uh, yes, that's true. If you're new here, welcome. It's always nice to have fresh blood. Fresh blood. So if you don't know, uh, you probably figured out um, over the last couple of weeks, we're moving to once every two weeks on the publishing schedule. After publishing for four years every week, uh, we decided to give ourselves a little bit of breathing room. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of a... A conclusion we came to out of our sabbatical when we started to rest and realized that was really nice. It was so nice. Yeah, and like <laughs> so, and I think it's also a reflection of like tough decisions we and we've been grappling with in a lot of areas of our life. Mm-hmm. Is like you know how do we uh, steward our resources well? And it's been a time of reorganizing, and um, so and we've really put everything on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and the podcast is near and dear to our hearts. It's it's one of our 
most treasured projects, I would say. Yeah. Um, and we even considered stopping that uh, for a little while. Like, hey, is this still... Kind of trying it on for size, you know, it's like, hey, what if we stop the podcast? Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Well, see have how a little that bit more fits. time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we both came to the conclusion we don't want to stop this podcast, but we uh, do want to experiment with maybe um, a different uh, frequency. Yeah. So... Every two weeks it is. Um, I wonder if you've missed us. I wonder if uh, you you worried on last Wednesday when nothing came out. But um, mostly it's it's funny. I think the hardest part for me to make that decision was that I actually enjoy having those like forced conversations with you sometimes because I feel like they inform the rest of our life, which I think is why we moved to, okay, let's try just at a slower pace. We may go back at some point. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But a, a couple things as I kind of reflect on this is one, I appreciated the pace we went at for so long because weekly is like, it's a little bit of grinding, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and you show up whether you have a topic or not. And I think that doing that for four years has developed skills I'm hardly aware that I have. Yeah. Our, our ability to uh, facilitate conversations and like all the creativity that the podcast has helped us cultivate. Yeah. Our relationship. Um, and being able to talk about the shit that we care about, like it fairly eloquently. Yeah. Like being able to word things is it's been a training gym yeah, of sorts. For sure. And um I'm I where every so often I can recognize that. Mm-hmm. It, it gets reflected back to me into in a way or I realize that I that something's very easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I realize, yeah, that's probably because of the podcast. Yeah. And so I think the the weekly um format. Also, something that was interesting about the weekly format is a lot of times we just sit down, particularly I would say in the last two years, mm-hmm. we would prep a lot. and But now the prep is like just more part of our lives where we're constantly having conversations yeah. and also looking for topics. It's just part of what we do as a, as a unit yeah. or a couple. So the preparation is natural. We don't sit down and have meetings about it. But in the beginning, we did. But the last two years, literally, oftentimes we don't. We sit down and then we're like, "What are we talking about today?" And we, and the the guiding principle for us has always been, "What's most alive?" Yeah. What's most alive that's happening in our life because that's that's where the juice is. That's where it's probably going to be an interesting conversation. And it's been a fascinating process to show up every week. Yeah. And be surprised by what conversations we have and what episodes we were really like. Um, excited about afterward and stuff. A lot of times not knowing going in. Yeah. That's been cool. That's, That's been, been cool. I liked what you just said about the, you know, the prep being more part of our life because I have, I think every so often you and I have these like moments of realizing like if other couples saw the amount of time that we spend like talking and hashing out things and really like, I feel like less so recently. I feel like it's eased up a bit. Maybe it's because we got kind of, we got it out of our system during the sabbatical and we were just like talking a lot. But I, I feel like that's nah, that's not even true. We still we, we just we talk so much by the a nature, freakish amount. A freakish for, amount for a relationship. Yeah. It's just we we live together and we work together and we work from our home. And so so much communication has to happen. I do think it's different than it used to be. I remember in the earlier days of our relationship when you know, when like being apart for a week was a big deal, like now it doesn't feel quite the same. So I feel like I can go a length of time without having like long conversations with you. But it's kind of interesting to think about it as like, 
kind of the podcast prep making its way into our lives to some degree. I think, was it, I heard Jordan B. Peterson saying something along the line in one of his like rules that transforming uh, chaos into order, like one of the rules for your marriage is like you have to have at least 90 minutes a week oh, yeah. to have a deep conversation. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> we're overdoing this. <laughs> We're overthinking this yeah. thing real hard. <laughs> well, we're I don't for know. sure overthinking this. Well, the, it's not the thing is we again we live together. We don't have children, and we have the leisure of time, which we've set up our well, lives. Also, we are good friends, and we enjoy doing it, That's and we true. have a lot of interests and values that are in common. Yeah, also, I was just natural. I was just saying. I think a lot of couples might feel exactly like you're describing, but if you're working out of the home. And you're meeting up in the evenings and add to that the idea of maybe you have kids on top of it, then yes, 90 minutes feels like a stretch. Yeah, and it feels sure. like a big deal if you get to have that every week. Yeah. For us, we've set for up us, our we lives. Spend 90 and- minutes every week on the podcast <laughs> and then another 90 minutes. Like, so anyway. Probably 90 minutes a day. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many times though that, the, that sitting down to record this podcast has forced us to have hard conversations before or after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's nice that the podcast exists and there's a, there's a product to share. And it also feels like, um, sometimes that's a secondary product to what the podcast has created for us. Yeah. It's just a big part of our life. We've created the podcast, but the podcast seems to be creating us as well. Wow. And with that, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. To the topic today, yes. which is, um, we thought we'd talk a little bit about getting jobs. Um, yeah. because we both got jobs. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's, it's, uh, it's at the wow. moment. I mean, yeah. God, I, could, I guess I could get fired at any moment, but <laughs> it's at will employment. Isn't that, isn't that part of being employed? Is like you may, because I thought the didn't same thing. I was like, I don't know. I didn't used to be. No, but let's not go into that. Okay. Uh, I, I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we've been so just a little like, hey, we've been back from our sabbatical for two weeks now. And, uh, It's been so awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of life it's, coming back. It's been so nice to, I don't know, I think we've talked about the sabbatical so much that, like, we. I don't want to talk about it more, but I think, like, I really didn't think that I was going to be able to rest enough to one day want to go back to any form of work. And yeah, I was pretty worried I was going to come back and feel overwhelmed and not feel any different than I felt, same. like, during during our time resting and And lo and behold, it seems like the body knew because as we, you know, the first week is a bit of a slow transition, but coming into week two, ending week two, coming into week three here, yeah. a world of difference. Yeah. It's been, it's also like side note, it's also kind of interesting for me to watch the ways, like to be very intentional about like, do I need to be working this much today? Do I need to be putting, like, I just notice the, uh, the the kind of like my mind and my anxiety kind of ramps up and trying to do a bunch of stuff super fast and like filling up my days and and staring at a computer well i think this is something that us both getting jobs is actually relieving for me a little bit because behind that has always been a financial anxiety we're self-employed and we don't have um reliable or consistent forms of income i mean they are somewhat consistent in the fact that they do continue to happen But we're not they're, very predictable. They're not and, predictable, and and they can be big, and then they can be. And little. they seem to be very directly correlated to: Do I 
do a bunch of shit in the day and then yes if i you know it's like if i push myself then yes there will be and a lot of it's creative based right so a lot of it's like creating things and then getting people interested and and it's it's a it's a whole effort uh and it's kind of actually interesting even just to reflect on how these these jobs even came into our lives yeah. because they seem to have been just handed to us in a way. That's true. Or or at least set up by mystery mm-hmm. in interesting ways as far as how they arrived, uh, which I'll get into in a moment, but also in the nature of the jobs. Um, yes. And, and what they seem to be closing loops or opening new loops for both of us. Like they're very apropos for, for each of us. You actually, on a Wild Within retreat, one of our friends who who came on one of those, but anyway, she you you'd been doing the cooking for a while within the chefing, I should say. Mm-hmm. Our friend Krista, she's been on this podcast actually, put you in touch with um, some other people doing retreats, yeah. spiritual retreats for women, mm-hmm. ta- tantra, in fact. It's like a tantra training, tantra practitioner training. Yeah, um, which is kind of cool actually. The training is kind of where it's at. I feel like it's there's a. I feel like in the spiritual world, it's like training is is kind of a good investment because then you can like practice, you know, it's not just like you're going away on retreat. It's also like you're learning to do something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they uh, I got put in touch and like my initial response is like, no, <laughs> no, I'm so I don't want to do this. And you've already heard me talk on this. I'm, I'm I think we it was like. When we recapped our month of October, there's an episode on this, but I talked about my experience going to do this work. And I think the the way that this conversation that we knew we were going to talk about this today is because both you and I earlier last week were like, man, it's nice to do something we're good at. And just like, just not just, just kind of resting a little bit in that. And also I don't know. For me, I've realized like, oh, my God, I can do the chefing in my sleep. I am like it, it flows out of me and it's physically tiring, but also it's just like I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm having a blast doing it. Like I'm so happy to be doing something that I'm good at and that other people are valuing and appreciating. And and it's like. I don't know, the simple joy of doing something you're good at, even if like other parts of me were like, well, I don't want to do this because that's not what I want to be doing. There's like an assuredness and a confidence in it and an independence. Yeah. Um, Just like there's no second guessing yourself on it. It's like I know what I'm doing and I know that I do it well. And you can kind of just revel and enjoy in that. Yeah. And yeah, that might actually get kind of boring if if you're doing that 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Particularly the contrast, because it's been so long since either of us uh, have had a job, and I've been very resistant to it. It's actually taken me the better part of last year, I think, to really open up to the idea of having That ended up being quite an important conversation we had during the sabbatical of just, like, recognizing for both of us some of the trauma from past employment situation. You you go to anyone who's, like, self-employed or maybe particularly people who are, like, in the more entrepreneurial kind of self-employed. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of on that on that line of self-employed and entrepreneurial yeah. in some ways. I wonder how you differentiate the two. The way I differentiate the two is an entrepreneur. So we're not totally an entrepreneur in my eyes in some ways because, one, I feel like they're enterprising. Mm-hmm. They tend to be larger scale. And... Um, they're building businesses to sell. Okay. So the product is the business. Okay. 
That's not what a self-employed person is doing. They're working a job that's like, but it's theirs. It's like yeah, okay. they're running their own business, but in usually in the form of um, having their own job or you know whatever. That's helpful. Self-employed would be like a book, a book, uh, a bookstore or yeah. something like that. Whereas an entrepreneur usually might yeah. be a chain of bookstores. Yeah, got it. Um, so that's generally. So I feel like we're somewhere in between. We tend to be. We we are not particularly building businesses to sell, but. We are building businesses in, yeah. a, in a way that seems a little bit more than a bookstore. But yeah. so feel free to disagree with me on that. Yeah, and I feel like that, that might that be that, that well might be kind out. of personal. Per, personal. Uh, I think the entrepreneur is like a larger scale, going a little bit more speculative situation. Yeah. No, I, I I hear the difference. I think it's just it was helpful for me to ask you to clarify. I'm sure yeah. it's helpful for the listeners too. Yeah, but I think if you look behind any entrepreneur, particularly. Um, those going for the larger scale thing, yeah. you're going to find trauma. Yeah, you probably find trauma around work, partic- yeah. particularly um, because those fuckers. Like we, like it's funny. <laughs> I, if I if I look at myself, it's like I don't want to work so much that I'll work twice as hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's a. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's a really strange. Um, it is a really bind weird to be in. Bind. But I realized that like some of that trauma around um, previous work, a lot of it, the experience. Of my like early twenties and working at a successful startup and becoming a general manager of it was so complex and so multifaceted that I cannot cannot categorically say it was good or bad yeah. or neutral or anything. There were parts of it that were fantastic. There were parts of it that were absolutely horrific. Yeah, and I find a lot, I spent a lot of time trying it's to take like a measure of the whole thing because I'm not really sure what happened. Yeah, or like or how I came out of it. But what I did realize was wow, there was a lot of trauma, particularly. Well, I remember one time, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that I I think I didn't know it at the time, but I think I had a panic attack at work. Yeah. But it's like, you know, early 20s. And most of the time I'm like, I was most of the time, like the way this business was set up was I was kind of at the top of like a small hierarchy of positions. Right. Yeah. And then there's the partners, but the partners are kind of they're they're above me on the hierarchy, but they're also distance from the business and not really paying attention. So I'm kind of the most responsible for the business, at least the day to day. And I got to the office one day and I don't know what happened, but like, um, I, I just like, I was shaking. I had to leave the office, um, and like go sit at a cafe for a while and try to pull myself together. And some of my um, colleagues like saw me there and, and I was like, I can't, I can't eat with you. Like I need to, it, I was like, it was, I was shaking, having like a some sort of nervous response. Wow! So that's like how intense. I mean, for someone in their early twenties, this is a, their first job. Like you're coming out of college. Like I didn't know how not to take things seriously, mm. and like a lot of things could feel like life or death when they're clearly not. Yeah, I think that that's that's what I'm realizing too, and like understanding, especially when you have no, uh, not a lot of, of comparison. Or... Well, mentorship. Like I yeah. did, I was mentored, but I didn't have. There was not a lot of support. Around yeah. Me. Yeah. And I think that maybe kind of clarifying this idea of trauma around work. I think for me, my experience in my early 20s also of, of my of my work was kind of similar to what you're describing, All the, like different because it was not the same scale of, of business and everything. But this idea of like there was a lot of good stuff there and there was a lot of stuff that was really bad. And I think it's like almost trauma from the intensity yeah. Versus like, you know, having a having like a, an abusive employer or something like that. Like there, it's like it, it 
I don't know, for me, it, it was just like the intensity of having all of this happen in my very early 20s. Going just, from like, a college situation where you're, you're really not responsible for anything, stepping into a business where very quickly I became responsible for uh, the people underneath me and and the, the, the business and and the speed it's moving at, you know, like the owners are five years older than me and they put all their life savings into this business and they're yeah. trying to make it work and survive, right? And then all of a sudden you got people and payroll and you got to make that every month, yeah. right? And then you got all these clients and you got manufacturers in China and all of a sudden it's like, it's really complex and there's a lot of places, especially as a startup where things are going to break. Yeah. And that wasn't even what was most traumatic about it for me though. The way, the most traumatic part was leaving. Yeah. And um, that was... Uh, incredibly difficult for reasons I don't want to get into. And then, um, again, right after that, I kind of uh, re-traumatized myself by joining another partnership and that, and that relationship, the partnership relationship was bad. Yeah. So all this, I think there's some wounds in there, but I think it also provide in a way, I don't, I don't know. I don't even want to call it fully bad. Cause it's like, clearly when I look back on it, it's like, that was the energy source that I've drawn on to build a business. Yeah. That's not totally healthy. And I've had to start looking at that and asking questions about if that's a, like, I think particularly this last year with all the trouble we ran into, I started to realize, oh shit. Um, some of these are pretty old patterns. And a lot of this looks like it's the result yeah. of unresolved trauma and patterns from an earlier me. Yeah. It's kind of like just tangent. And then I want to get back to like the jobs right now but tangent on where you just said it's like i can think of so many situations in in my own life and like witnessing it outside where the beginning of something of like a new project a new relationship a new situation like life situation was fueled by kind of running away from something else or by like p wounds that are like actually generating so much energy and also kind of, I don't know, positive energy, but like regardless of positive, that are like pushing me in a direction. And then it's only like two, three, 10 years down the line that I have to kind of do the hard work of looking at, oh yeah, that thing that I'm building right now is like partly built on my wounds. And how am I going to address that? Because I'm running into some of the problems that I'm come recreating with that. Uh, like yeah, yeah. you're recreating some of those patterns. Right. If you think about that trauma, or whatever, like as a pattern yeah. form, yeah. like some of that's still running. And I think now it's like recognizing, ah, that pattern, that, that program's still running yeah. and I didn't actually get away from it. Yeah. Like I'm recreating it. And that's actually how I realize it's mine and not like, you know, my bosses or yeah. something else. Like, Oh wait, they're not here anymore. And I'm still this doing is still it. Do this is still happening. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? Yeah. And, and I, I I feel like this is, this happened. Like if you don't have this listener, if you don't have this experience with work, think of your relationships. Yeah. Because I mean, that happens all the time. Well, like, and, and at a more fundamental level, um, there's a perspective that we're all, our personalities are shaped around core wounds that did or did not happen to us in childhood, yeah. right? And like they're perceived uh, and either way the wounding can happen and a story starts to start. Yeah. And then you start to build on that story or anything that fits parts of that story activates you and re-traumatizes. Like, and so uh, some of the work we do in our wild man programs is to, 
I mean, this this is a this the scope of that program is is not big enough to actually. Uh, this is something that that needs more attention and more support and uh, uh, more intimate spaces than just a eight week program. But in the Wild Man, we do start to explore uh, the realm of the core wound. Yeah. Um, because because that's a huge part of initiation. Yeah. As well. But anyway, we di- we digress. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just so, this is kind of, this is just an interesting topic for me, especially what you said of like, oh, that pattern is actually mine because those people are not here anymore and I'm still inter- I'm still enacting it. Yeah. Like the That's, like at some point then you have to start asking tough questions and hashtag twenty twenty two. Well this is where I was yeah, twenty twenty two. I I think somewhere around the middle of the year I just had this realization. It's like, oh my God, like this business I created with all these issues we're running into, this is me. Like, mm. it's a projection of me. I've basically blown it up on a big t- screen TV for everyone to see and got other people involved. Oh, and <laughs> and uh, We're all eating popcorn. Like, Whoa, yeah. this is really weird. You know, like, what other are people, we watching? There's other people involved, but it was like, but, but we're playing off each other's totally. energies and stuff. And in a lot of ways, I felt like a catalyst for mm. a lot of that. So, so I've been looking at a lot of that. And... One of the things was that I didn't want to get a job and I haven't had a serious job. I've had some like, you know, temp jobs, very, very temp jobs uh, or contract work. But uh, I freelance gigs. Yeah. Yeah. But very little. Um, I haven't looked. I mainly uh, went all in. Um, I mean, uh, you used to make the joke in early, like earlier. It, it wasn't even it wasn't a joke. You used to make it as a joke, but it wasn't a joke. Which is like my only goal is to remain unemployed as long as possible. Yeah, it's still not a total joke. No, <laughs> I know it's not a joke. I'm yeah. aware. Yeah, um, but for, but you are employed at this yeah, point so in a, in an interesting way, in like a in like a flexible way that yeah, matches so, more. So let's get to what that is because yeah. so. I've started to help here on the land at the place we're living, yeah. uh, Trout Creek Wilderness Lodge, and um, they've they've kind of grown over the last few years and need some help with the management of the business. And um, I was a little hesitant to step into that role, mm-hmm. um, but I seem to I, I can I seem to not be able to avoid getting involved with early startup projects or projects early ventures like one early first to fifth year ventures that have a lot of chaos Mm -hmm. um and potential as well like that just seems to be the the realm that um i gravitate toward yeah so here i am again in that but um i've stepped into i don't know what to call it like it there's not really any particular like we're 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 not using a lot of uh names or but but it's it's like a managerial yeah it's it's it feels like yeah helping with the admin i'm also i think a bit of business development like developing some of the systems and things that that um need help and i've stepped into that part-time um which has been like about four or five months in the works yeah um but you know there's some really weird synchronicities about this one is it showed up just at the right time as did and kind your, of on our door, doorstep. And, well, yeah, that's the second one. Is it show, literally showed up on our? Actually, it's providing our house. <laughs> um, and because earlier I was like, "Well, fuck! If I were to get a job, like, what would I even do?" Like, my skill set is 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 my LinkedIn profile is terrible. I, I've never been in the job. I I had to reflect on the fact the last time I've applied for a job, I was twenty two. No, it's. Maybe 21. I was and you're 21. 35 now? Yes. Oh, my God. That's the last time I applied for a job. <laughs> don't have a resume. So 
it's kind of an I have a kind of eclectic set of skills yeah. and and stuff. And so I was like, how am I even gonna find something that's not like base level? Like yeah. something you know, like Yeah. Which maybe would have been okay too. Anyway, this showed up, uh the opportunity it just kind of matched. And as our friend Kelly said, it's like that's exactly what would happen for you. Like that yeah. You just seem to land on your feet in some <laughs> and I would it's pretty surprising to me too. Yeah. The other synchronicity about this is really strange is that the last job I left for the startup where I was the general manager, um, uh, my my boss or the owner, his name was Ian. This job uh, where I'm starting to step into a managerial role, like my boss, the owner, his name is Ian. Wow. And there's so many like... The role seems pretty similar in some in some totally different industry. Um, I think that's what I pointed out to you the other day too. Is like I think that previous job you left because it was like a kind of a internet selling company. Like and and you we didn't were, believe in what you were doing. No, I went to China at one point to go visit our suppliers. Yeah. Um, and I went to a factory there in Shenzhen, um, which is the one of the industrial sectors. And I was I was like somewhere between mortified and horrified at like the our suppliers like mm-hmm. one of them it's like just imagine like a a concrete parking lot structure building right these this is the factory and inside there's like tons of metal and there's like toxic pools of chemicals that they're dumping them uh. in and they have dorms like next to the factory cuz they live there and and during like chinese new year the factories routinely can't fulfill orders because people leave and never come back Oh wow! Uh, like that's that's they they account for that. It happens to a large part of their labor force that time of the year, and like all this stuff, you like when you're on the other side of the world, it's like yeah, okay, whatever. This is how China does business. Da, 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 da. Like whatever. Like it's just numbers and yeah, an yeah. email account and like whatever, right? I went mm. and I saw this shit, and I realized, oh my god, we're building things that really don't need to be here. We're taking advantage of you know cheap labor force and raw materials the, like the manufacturing super extractive yeah super extractive the manufacturing pro- god knows what's happening here but it's it's not good for anyone or yeah. the environment and we're shipping that across the world then we're selling that to industries that really don't need like luxury industries valet parking modern cat products like Bo- modern the, cat products. Yeah, mod- modern cat um, designs is one of the names of the. I don't know if it's still around. Um, and then like portable bars for the hospitality industry. These this is not stuff that needed to be made. And that eventually was going to be used for a few years, maybe ten, and then put it in a landfill. Yeah. And like when I reflected on, and I was like, and I'm really good at this, and I'm making a lot of money for doing it. And I reflected on. It wasn't something where I had this one moment. It was just a really icky feeling that wouldn't leave, which was like. What the fuck am I like what am I yeah. doing? What what am I accelerating here? And you know, of course all the common things come up. Well, if you don't do it, someone else is gonna do it. And da da da. It's like, yeah, but should I do it? Yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say that I I don't want to paint myself as a super courageous figure. I, I I think I was not feeling there was a lack of meaning and it was leading to me suffering and and just not feeling good about work. But I don't think I could make the direct connection to like, this is why I left. It's because I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't that like virtuous. True. 
I'm I'm Good. a business person after all, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it it weighed on me and it was corrosive, and I and it eventually led to me not having the will to continue. Yeah, with what I was doing, even if I, I was mean, paid it, a lot. it it contributed in in either direct or indirect ways to the reason that you left, and I think it also, I, I think it's interesting that now you're on this side of the story and you're working for our home and a primordial forest to be preserved and you know like and yeah i think that's bringing what, people to the wilderness and yeah it's actually it's one of the beautiful things that's really amazed me about this so far it's like wow not only does this fit like my skill set pretty well like i i actually do all the things they need help with or have done and yeah um but also like yeah the the reasons why there's there's like a few i can think of one is uh, I have a family, you and I, and and that that providing for. So that's you know that's a that's a fairly obvious one. Yeah. Um, in meeting you, but beyond that, like this place exists because uh, the owners are trying to have been trying to find a way to protect it from being logged. Yeah. Um, because it's worth a lot of money as lumber, yeah. and parts of the family uh, wanted that, um, and they this was their answer to to preserving it so um it's about preserving some of the you know we don't have very much primary forest left in the world um so every acre of it is priceless and this place is is about protecting that it's also about sharing the magic and the healing and the power of of places like that Mm -hmm. and of the natural world with others which is what my retreat what our retreats are about Mm -hmm. too um and like what a lot of our work has been about and the family that owns it, we've come to really love them. And they recently had a baby boy and he's growing up here surrounded in this primordial forest, which I think is absolutely amazing. And um, there's a sense that, you know, if I take over some of the stuff, he'll have more time with his dad. Mm. So the reasons feel better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it for does sure. feel like I'm working out some part of my karma. Like obviously with the yeah with 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 the same the boss being Ian and Ian and they're both kind of creative chaos agents <laughs> uh, like, like in their in their own ways, um, which I, I respect. That's an important role, but yeah. uh, and I tend to be the one that tries to like lasso them in a little bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm so I'm familiar with that role. I um, think from 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 this, you know, from from my perspective in this is it's been so. Such a massive energetical shift has happened in in the last few weeks, just like inside our home, just feeling you having feeling you being able to like do something you're good at. And and like I feel like I've had glimpses of that through Wild Within and through the ways that you've helped kind of mentored me through some of my business ventures or like journeys with with that but it's like it's so nice to watch you go through your it's probably the same like joy that you get from like watching me at the farmer's market like picking the food and just like kind of like talking to the zucchinis and whatever I do at the (laughs) farmer's market talking to the excel sheets Uh, yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) it's like I'm it's it's kind of cool to hear you and see you do this in an easeful way because I think like you know when you watch someone doing something that they're really really good at and you realize like whoa that's a skill that I uh, do not have and you're like whoa that's a really good skill that they have because it's not even doesn't even require a lot from them 
they just kind of do it. It's like, I don't know. I think uh, I've, I'm sure I've shared this on the podcast before, but um, Gay Hendricks, who wrote the book, uh, The Big Leap, he talks in the book about like the different zones, like zone of incompetence, zone of competence, zone of excellence and zone of genius. And it's like that zone of genius is really something that you do that you don't even know you do well and that most people don't, um, that only almost only other people can reflect to you what your zone of genius is. And I'm not saying that like managing is necessarily your zone of genius. That's a zone of competence, but I think- The zone of excellence. Excellence, yeah. I think- Probably zone of excellence, but I think there might it might be hinting at a zone of genius as well. I think there are com- components of it that are like part of your zone of genius. Seth talks about um, he had a book called Lynchpin. Seth Godin. Yeah, Seth. Godin. Not everyone knows who you're talking about when you <laughs> I'm say on a first Seth. name basis. With <laughs> Seth. No, I'm not. Everyone's on a first name name basis with Seth. Um, yeah, Seth I feel Godin, like, yeah. He talks about he has a book called Lynchpin, which I used to give to every employee that worked with under me, um, and probably still would. So but, I have not read it. Sometimes okay, so the concept like of a linchpin, though, is like it's like it's a pin that cannot be removed. Like like it's it's essential to the working of the stru- the machine or mm-hmm. whatever. And the idea is like find your way into like be a linchpin, whatever that is. Find like and that had inspired me, but I, I tend to feel like there's something about the hub and spoke. Like I feel like when I'm really being a manager, well, mm-hmm. it's about making connections. Yeah. It's about like coordinating every like resources and connecting personnel and people and opportunities and desires and it's like you're almost it's almost like we were just we just watched minority port for like minority 15 minutes yeah. the other day and then turned it off because we're like this movie did not age that well but <laughs> before we turned it off tom cruise was doing that thing that probably all of you have seen where he gets in front of screen he's got these gloves on and he's like moving like with, pictures and yeah. stuff because he's Scrubbing looking for and a, zooming yeah and, and he's like looking he's investigating looking for a crime it's kind of like at my best moments maybe i've got some like classical music on i feel like i'm doing that <laughs> like moving all these things and i and think what, but what i said the other day was like it's like organizing the chaos i think honestly this is, when i you have the same kind of body language when you're talking about this than when we come to the conclusion that one of your archetypes is like the architect yeah and so it's similar to yeah me. i think it's that realm of the architect. i think that's where your zone of genius is i'm not saying that you're particularly genius at accounting or or I'm spreadsheets not, i think not. that's your zone of excellence but yeah. like but what's interesting is that might be a zone of competence to be honest but yeah yeah well, in this, in the, in the book, he talks in the big leap, he talks about the fact that like, basically in an ideal world, we would all only do things that are in our zone of genius. Right. And because this is like the best way that we can be of service to the world. Anyways, it's just been really, it's just been really fun to like be in, in our household right now with this like kind of new energy of. We're not just trying to do the wild within thing, which is always so can be very ambiguous, ambiguous what the work needs to be there. And um, if you've ever like that can be really uh, anxiety provoking in a way when like your a livelihood depends on something that's ambiguous and you sit down and you don't know what you need to do. Yeah. Like it needs to needs time to play out sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we realized last year is like. Because there's always been this tension between like, oh, if I were to get a job in Wild Within, right? Like, mm. and I think that was probably true, particularly in the first couple of years. Like, it probably needed all of me to yeah. get going. But now it doesn't, 
feel quite so true, maybe in a similar way as like, maybe the podcast did need to go weekly for the first two years, four years, right? But now it doesn't feel like it does, potentially. But now we find ourselves at a place where like one of the hard questions last year is because we had kind of gone all in on Wild Within because a lot of things were suggesting it was the time. It was like, it's about to pop. We just need to really go for it. And then the economy went a different way. I also think like going back to what you were, to what we were talking about earlier with those patterns, I think like we all had that feeling like it's about to pop. And I think that what popped was a lot of our patterns. (laughs) And like, that's part of the, like who knows what's about to pop. Right. And like to some degree that the going all in was what made all of that pop, which with the little bit of hindsight that we're starting to have, I'm like, this was good. This was a good thing that we ran into all of these patterns because otherwise we were going to continue to play them out. And that's not to say that they're over and that healed and no. whatever, but like we've we've taken a solid look at them and we've like had a bit of a staring contest and, and it's it's hard to avoid looking at them that's right true. now. That's true. That's true. And I, whatever happened, I started... The different question kind of came up last year, which was like, what... What does the business really need? And am I really in service to the business or am I in my in service to or am I trying to make the business in service to my agenda? Mm-hmm. Like is it my agenda like this wild within particularly but also like our our medicine work which is like kind of a corollary uh, but it's also something that's very important to us and that we're we're constantly working on as well. Yeah. But wild within is easier to talk about. It's like okay, well, this 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 has its own sentience to some degree. Like mm-hmm. I'm not the only one involved. I have a business partner, partners, and there's uh, different people that are facilitating and helping us put put this on. There's different levels of uh, participants that are involved, uh, people who've been involved in maybe some of our online stuff, people who've come to almost everything we've ever offered in person uh, and everywhere in between. Some people that are somewhere in between just participants and like people that are helping us put it on. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating web of connections and relationships, and it has a life of its own. And what I started to realize last year is like we we had went for it and we put all this pressure on Wild Within to support us, and that was starting to come out sideways in how how we were relating with our with our clients Mm -hmm. and with with our community. With our community, and we started to like we kind of got captured by that, and we started to notice it and. And we had, as we had some time to reflect, the question was kind of like, well, what's what's like really the long term play here? If 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 what's the long term perspective or move? If I want this to succeed, whereas at the beginning of the year, I would have said like all hands on deck, we put like we go all in. That's how this succeeds, and that's like what's long term is we need to invest in the business. From here, I'm now like, mm, I it seems to be that. The best thing we can do is uh, take some pressure off and let this thing grow at its own pace instead yeah. of like overwatering it or like trying to make it, you know, because uh, you when you overwater something, what happens? You weaken the root structure. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, that can't happen with plants and stuff like okay. you can get root rot. rot oh and, and yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's like pack up. Notice that this is your own impatience hmm. and. That like if if the long term thing is that you if you really want this thing to work if you really care for it you have to maybe listen to what it needs and it seems like it needs time and, and maybe some it's going to organically do whatever it's going to do on its own yeah but it's not going to be up to my agenda and my timeline yeah 
I think it's it, it, for me. Uh, I've had a lot of like realizations around. For instance, I mean, World Within is a company, but I also and it's a business. But I also really like the term organization because that feels like something that can still be here in twenty years. Because an organization can like the way that it exists kind of can fluctuate over time and can like take whatever time it needs to take to organize itself. And like we're yeah, it's it's a it's a really trippy, trippy endeavor. But I think like, yeah, going back to there is a point in the year where um we we realized like, okay, we are gonna need to take some pressure off of this. And also it was really not fun to to be in a situation where our and I've been reflecting on this a lot, where like our spiritual practices, our spiritual endeavor and sort of the like impact that we're trying to make in in this lifetime when that becomes crushed by the weight of also needing to provide all of our income to to live a good life it it just like it's really interesting to to watch how that just doesn't um at this point in the journey is feeling really like out of balance and it's feeling like it's there were points where I was like, this is really impacting the, um, this is impacting my spiritual practice as a, as, as a whole, whether it's like in my personal life or, or, or in, or through wild within. And I think that that's, it's been kind of cool to realize that. And then also then have all these, like have both of these like super synchronistic um, opportunities drop into our lap that not only just drop into our lap, but also happen to be something that we could literally do in our sleep, both of us, right? Like where I could be doing the and cooking in my enjoy. sleep. And that we enjoy. I think this is another and part. It has a purpose behind it that we get behind. Like you're, you're nourishing women on spiritual retreats. Fantastic. Um, I'm helping organize a business that's, that's main goal is to steward the land it's on. I'm also, I'm also like helping out with this. My, I think my role with Trout Creek is going to ramp up more as in like the, the is in the yeah. summer as like things in the busier season. Um, but I don't know. I think that maybe a, um, Something that I want to emphasize again, because it is kind of the current realization that I'm having is like, yeah, it's really nice to do something I'm good at and not, I feel like, um, I feel like that seeker energy in me and like that desire to like constantly be learning new things and, and like kind of pushing my edge and going outside of my comfort zone, whatever that, whatever I hate, I'm starting to hate those yeah. terms, but I'm trying to communicate like a, a internal feeling of, I feel like that drive is also what made me kind of want to forsake the cooking because it's like, I already know how to do this. And, and it's like, it's a flawed way of thinking about it, but I kind of, I guess, on this on this certain level that I wasn't conscious of until recently, I kind of thought that I had gone around the block already, and that there was no, there was nothing new to 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 learn there. And so I think I, it goes back to this thing that you've heard us talk about on the podcast a lot of like this wanting to be special. And I think that if I went back to cooking for me, it was like, well, I'm not special anymore because I'm just doing something that like I already know. And it's kind of stupid anyways, you know, and like in hindsight, I'm realizing like, whoa, that was that was kind of a way for me to kind of continue to be special. And like 
falling back onto something that I am good at and that I know how to do, not only am I realizing that it's incredibly um, regenerating, like it, it's it's actually feeling really life-giving and comfortable. Yeah. And, and it's nice to feel comfortable, but also that like this idea that I that I could not learn more is totally wrong because I feel like I'm at a point in my journey with food where I'm like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, I've mastered a lot of the like technique and I can actually deepen into more of the theory and the philosophy behind it. Like, what's my philosophy behind food and cooking? And like, I don't know, I feel like that's a place that gets super fun because it's like you don't have to think about the movements you're doing. You just have to, it's a more, it's a more meta it's place. It it's an, an art. art. It becomes an art. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. from a practice to an art. That's There's, a good way to say it. This sparks a couple of thoughts for me. One of them is, yeah, definitely um, a word that comes up for me as I was listening to you was grandiosity. Mm -hmm. And I've always been fairly self-aware and concerned about my own sense of grandiosity um, because I know I have it. I, I don't know how you could, when you're young, how you could embark on anything ambitious without a sense of grandiosity. I think it's actually something that we probably shouldn't kill in young people. But it's also something that you need to grow out of yeah. um, as you go. But it seems to me important. And, but I've also been painfully aware and more so lately of the places my grandiosity or my specialness shows up. Because I remember that, 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 that word special has a, a special, I have a special relationship with it too. I mean, I remember when I first, it first really hit me was when I was in Zen. I was sitting at a Zendo in San Diego and there's a particular line they would bang at the end of like our, our silent sits and sessions and stuff. Um, they, they took a, they took a, like a wood mallet and they'd bang it against like a stone or something on the wall. So it's just this like really kind of sharp kind of cut, cut, mm -hmm. like to wake you super up. Right? Zen, yeah. And super then they would do a whole thing about waking up and this is our only precious life. And, and one of the lines was um, no one special to be And that line. Always had hit me in such a weird way in one way it was like it was such a relief to hear that line and then i would be like why is it such a relief to hear that line mm -hmm. and then it's like this because i think i i have to be someone special yeah. so, it's so much pressure to, yes it's like, so much pressure it's so draining to think you have to be special yeah like, it um, is it's a bind for sure um and uh, i won't i'll let you know when i'm totally out of it but <laughs> <laughs> so that then you Working can be really special about knowing about your specialness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be extraordinary. All right. So, um, so that that came up when I was listening to you. I, I also wanted to reflect on yeah the sense of ease, and this is actually kind of my New Year's resolution. If mm -hmm. I have one, is I think I told you this is like I would like to take it easy this year, mm -hmm. and I, it doesn't mean you know I don't know slack off or anything but i i want to move at a different a slower pace particularly because my body's telling me i need to and 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 having this job and having like i'm getting it's nice to have some action coming in that i'm not having to create yeah and be responsible for it's like all right there's action coming in and i can kind of help guide it i i can make things better than mm -hmm. they were before and i'm pretty confident that i'm doing that yeah. And it's not that hard for me. And in fact, a lot of the time I enjoy it. That's It's been a long time since uh, I've felt that way. Because while at times it can happen at Wild Within, but so many times it's us. There's less, I, I don't know how to say it, but it doesn't. it's not exactly how it tends to feel uh, when you're working at an early stage. 
yeah business in this this one where there's there's a there's a lot of things there's a lot of structure that's fairly tangible and it's like I know what to do with this yeah um and and that's been it's been really nice and it's also it just felt like surprisingly enjoyable to do that kind of work again mm-hmm. in a way that I had a sense that was going to be the case if I could get through my like fear of taking a job again and stuff. But, and it's been true. It's like, no, yeah, I enjoy this. And it's also creating a sense of ease. And like, I don't feel like I have to try to push so hard in other areas of our life to make things happen mm-hmm. because we rely on them financially. Like it's taken some of the, it's not totally gone, but it's taken some of the pressure off for us where it feels more manageable and not um, like we have to throw a Hail Mary And, you know, I was actually taking someone on a tour of this property recently and we were talking and, you know, people ask how you ended up here and stuff. And and I was just telling them, I'm just following the threads. And I feel like, you know, for both of us with with how psychologically significant these jobs were and the timing of them and the way they just literally both showed up on our in our in our laps. It feels like, and I think this might get to also the you know, deeper sense of satisfaction you're talking about when it becomes an art or a philosophy. Yeah. Because I definitely have a philosophy of of relationships. Uh, and I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about the management role is that you can really you can really put that into action. How how do I want to relate with other people, clients, bosses, colleagues, employees, like partners? Like, how do I want to re- like Yes, this is a business. We're all coming into contact for different reasons. But how can I relate in a human way that, like, is kind and and all that? Um, that's always something that's been kind of central to how I operate when I'm in a management role is trying to bring a humanness and a kindness to to all of the interactions I have yeah, and a softness in that way. And I think... Maybe one of the reasons why this is so, can be so deeply satisfying when you get to that level where like what you're doing, you can do in your sleep and you can focus on the deeper essence is that it's revealing something to you about your soul yes, or something about who you are and, and what is it that matters, what matters yeah. and what are your particular unique gifts and like, what is your place? You know, in this case, these are vocational places, right? Like what is your place in a vocational sense or a social sense? Um, I think there's definitely deeper places like, you know, um, I'm going on a vision quest soon and part of, part of the mission of that or part of purpose is to find your place in the more than human world at like the deepest of levels. Yeah. But like finding our place in the social and vocational realm is, can be deeply satisfying. And even if it's not my core focus, it can be very supportive Mm -hmm. to, to other aspects. I just want to say one last thing. Because I think what you're saying with the, you know, the ease and the the comfort and the familiarity, I think that, as you said earlier, if this was all, I think I would, that would be boring. I would be troubled. Yeah. But I think what's really perfect is that this is actually part of a larger balance. And I think it's almost like a, you know... (laughs) I think you said to me, like, doing this right now and being back in this, like, familiar position of a manager of a company where, like, things are happening. As you said, like, there's not a lot of having to generate, like, people book Sometimes too many things are happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Can't find the middle ground. But, uh, 
you made the point that like in feeling into this, you're realizing how much like Wild Within is kind of at the edge of what you know how to do really well. You know, it's like there's there's a lot of aspects of of our previous like maybe let's not just even just Wild Within. There's a lot of aspects of the last four years that have felt wildly uncomfortable for me. Just like so many of the so much of the work and the figuring out what the work looks like and how we need to do it and 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 even like our studies and the medicine work it's like so much of it has been kind of uncomfortable on Rid- purpose and, and riddled with like doubt and a lot of questions and like insecurities and uncertainties like yeah. right like it's all like this this black unknown section yeah, of the it, map yeah. that has not been figured out and yeah. and so like the you don't know what the rules are there and you don't know how things go i i you made a you're reminding me of something I said to you yesterday, which I think you might be referencing also, but it's like, you know, like when I think about Wild Within and the other work we do, the medicine work and stuff, it's like, I don't know how I ended up doing it because it's actually the work that most terrifies me. Mm. It's the work that I think I'm most incompetent to do. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm doing there. And I don't even know if what I'm doing is helpful sometimes. Mm. And it's, re- yeah, it's reflected back to us quite a lot. Like that, that it we is know what we're yeah. doing and, and, but, but I still feel uncertain and uncomfortable and unsure a lot of the time because it's like, for me, it's my personal edge. It is truly where I'm stepping off, taking a leap into the unknown yeah. and that stuff is demanding and hard. And it's like, it, I don't, I still, it really, it baffles me why I do it or like how I ended up doing it because I know an earlier me would be like that. No, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I I'm uncomfortable with every aspect of that. Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. And and yet, like that's what we do, and I, I I don't understand that. I think, but I think it is what you're. It, it is kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. Is like there is a without the sense of grandiosity too. I think that the, that we both of us, and I think that's also kind of a, a human trait in 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 general. But I think maybe maybe. I'm noticing it super strongly w- within our relationship and within both of us is that like that seeker that like, I don't know if that's the right Wanderer. word, like that more like ex- wanting to expand, wanting to like widen Explorer, the horizon and adventurer. explore. Yeah. 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 More than seeker. I don't know. Seeker. Uh, I'm not, not sure. Not, 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 a, that doesn't really super, like land super clearly with me, but yeah, just like what you said, it's like, we've spent so much time in the dark section of the map trying to like map it out. And I think we've done a fairly good job. And I think like, we might've mapped one river. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, this is what four years, will do right like that's we're we're we're, it's a big map and it's a big section of the map and it's not and i think it's definitely broadened my world exactly exactly so like that i think that there's like an impulse towards like that broadening of horizons which which you know we both fucking met in india like like that's you know and then we traveled the world together for a bit and so there's that desire is there but i think that what i'm realizing is how much strain it, and how much effort and like it's like being in the wilderness for four years is is a lot. It's it's very tiring and it's like the feeling I'm experiencing now in this beginning of this year is like this really nice balance between I can go to the wilderness part of the map, but I don't have to live there all the time. And then I can go to these like kind of base camps where I know what I'm doing and I, and you know what you're, and there's like a sense of comfortable 
comfortableness, comfortability, um, yeah. and ease, which is actually enhancing my capacity when I have the time to go to those darker portions of the map and continue to chart the river. And vice versa, charting the river is helping me appreciate when I am in a familiar yes. zone and I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think for my particular personality, I, I think, like we said earlier, I, I need the unknown part of the map. Like I, I need to be on, I need to be exploring a frontier, even yeah. if it's just my own personal frontiers. Yeah. Um, and also I have a sense that like, while I'm good at the management thing, it would be like getting stuck in a tide pool. If like, you did that only. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking not so much a tide pool, but what are those like eddying, like those kind of pools in the river, right? That kind of like yeah. where, where it gets a little stagnant. It's yeah. like, I know it, but it's, it's, there's bigger ponds to to be playing in. And I don't mean that so much from, sure, there's some ambition in there, but I, I think there is a greater, like the, the skill set I have is good there, but the deeper calling or the deeper things we're exploring around our gifts, I think there's uh, more difficult and challenging places to apply that that are worthwhile. And one of those for us has been this kind of, retreat medicine work I, I think it's it continues community. to expand yeah yeah community it's like yeah it's uncom- it's i'm not as comfortable with it here but i feel like stretching um there's an there's a chance to there seems like uh potential over here um to to work toward to build something potentially uh longer last i don't know maybe something along the terms of legacy yeah, and maybe and maybe a word that comes to mind too is like maybe even a bit more like bespoke our particular personal gifts yeah. that we that we've uncovered. leave a leave a maybe a deeper mark yeah in some ways. Well, thank you for listening and for being here. Yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you on both accounts. <laughs> We love you. We love you. If you want to support this podcast, you uh, know what to do. Tell them how. Tell them how. Um, the first kind of most fun way is you can purchase some cacao through our discounted link in the show notes. It's an affiliate link, so we get a little kickback. You get really great organic, awesome, fair trade, Guatemalan, raw ceremonial cacao, and you get to enjoy it. That's right. We work with this cacao all the time, yep. and uh, we love it. Uh, the other way is you can become a patron, uh, patreon.com slash the far out couple. That is one way to support us. And it is uh, another financial way of supporting the podcast to continue. And the last way is you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, tell us how this is uh, working out for you. We'd love that. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that summarizes it. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you in two weeks. Ciao. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.